If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. circle. Wrist shot. Score! Patrick Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Harris takes a snap. Draws back. He throws. That's complete and a big game for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins Jr. again. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. You don't hear this very often. The Edmonton Oilers have made a trade with the Calgary Flames. The deal finally made official by both clubs late this afternoon. Milan Lucic, along with a conditional third-round draft pick in 2020, goes to the Calgary Flames, and the Edmonton Oilers get James Neal, who had been automatic for 20 or more goals for all of his career until last year when he plummeted to just seven in 63 games with the Calgary Flames. Pleased to hear your reaction. Action tonight at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We will also tee up tomorrow's Eskimos game as they take on the Montreal Alouettes. The Eskimos sitting there at 3-1. and one. The Alouettes, who have had a uh, tumultuous season, changing coaches right before the start of the year, firing their GM last weekend. That game will be on 630, Chad, 1230 for the countdown to kick off the game at 2. The Alouettes are 2-2. Two and two. We'll touch on some other stories as we move along tonight, but of course, the big one is the trade. Nugent Hopkins, who then knifes behind the net, rolls off a check from Gerard, looks for a teammate. It's a one-timer, Benning deflected home. A tip by Milan Lucic, who has broken that 29-game drought with his sixth of the year. And that is Milan Lucic's final goal as an Edmonton Oiler late in the season. Remember, he scored their very first goal of the year. He had a burst of four goals in uh, six games in uh, January, and then at the start of April, he gets that goal to round out his Oilers career. Big signing three years ago, Canada Day 2016. He was one of the most sought-after free agents that summer. The Oilers paid a lot, seven years, $6 million per year. There's uh, no doubt at the time I thought it was uh, a long contract. I didn't think it would seem this long this early. And basically after a year and a half of being pretty productive, uh, Lucic dropped off. I mean, he had 23 goals in his first season with the Oilers, had nine in the first 36 games of 17-18, finished that year with 10. And then I mentioned the stats from last year. Uh, as for Neil, I, I mean... Before coming to Calgary, 25 with Vegas, 23 with Nashville, 31 with Nashville, 23 with Nashville, 27 with Pittsburgh. On and on we go. He had 40 with the Penguins in 11-12. Played 63 games this past season, scored seven goals. 
It didn't work out for Neil and Calgary. I mean, I've heard a lot about there just not being a good relationship between him and Bill Peters. So he comes to Edmonton and will try to prove that he can still be an elite scorer. He takes a lot of shots. He averages about three shots per game over the course of his career. Lucic uh, around a shot and a half per game. Neil's shooting percentage this past season was simp- was only five. He took 141 shots. Uh, Lucic had a better shooting percentage at 8.1, but he took about half as many shots. So a volume shooter who can finish from mid-range is something the Oilers have been lacking for for a long time. So maybe Neil can add that. He doesn't score a ton on the power play, but I'm sure he'll get... I mean, he had two last year, five on the power play each of the two years before that, but no doubt in my mind he's going to get some power play time. Yeah, it, It's a risk. I, in my mind, it's it's more likely that Neil bounces back. Does he bounce back to score 20-plus? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but he'll definitely have some good playmakers to play with as we move along. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Joe on the line. Hey, Joe. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Okay, just calling in to touch uh, on the Neil trade here. So, at the very worst, Neil plays second or third line. If he say he comes here and he doesn't pick it up like as he has in the past, as opposed to last year. So, if he plays on the second or third line, and we have three solid centers, he's going to be playing with a playmaker on any one of those lines. Worst possible outcome I see is a guy comes here with a chance to maybe blow up a little, come back, come back in his career, or if not, we buy him out. He has a way softer contract than Lucic, does he not? Yeah, the buyout wouldn't, uh, i got to double-check the numbers, but the buyout wouldn't be as, as severe. And, and, I mean, plus there'd be another year out of it, right? You'd only be buying out the last potentially three years rather than the last four. Yeah, so I don't see a, a, a negative outcome no matter how this plays out. At the very worst, we end up with a guy who's got a name who might be able to pull the trigger for Connor. Like, who knows? All right, Joe, I'm going to keep you on the line. I'm going to read a text here I got from Nathan. He says, I'm not disappointed in the trade, but be careful what you wish for. There are reasons Connor McDavid has remained as healthy as he has over his first well, he's in the in the text. Nathan says first four seasons, but obviously in his first season he missed half the year. Lucic wasn't on the team, uh, but Nathan says, and if you think uh, Luch isn't one of those reasons, you shouldn't do drugs. Well, you and I aren't doing drugs, Joe. But he says uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Do you buy into that Luch was a deterrent for shenanigans against the Oilers stars? Of course, but that's not worth a, a goal scorer's wage. I just don't see it. I think. We're going to have the guys. We've got Cassian. We've got Jujar. We've got some. We've got some guys who are willing to throw the knuckles with anybody that steps up to them. So I'm not really concerned about losing a guy who was supposed to come here and be an absolute deterrent, and instead kind of just seems like a negative presence on the ice, in my opinion. Yeah, if they bought out, well, Neil's buyout is for uh, this year, but it would be about a $2 million cap hit per year, and obviously it would extend beyond beyond the life of the deal, so a, a little bit. But hopefully we're not coming to that. Hopefully he proves he can still he can still score, and maybe, uh, you know what, he, if he got to 15 to, for, for, if he got to 15 to 20, I think that'd be a win for the Oilers. If he got over 20, I think this has the potential to be a home run for the Oilers. It's easy for me to say oh, on July 19th, but yeah. 100%, and if, if this is what it feels like to win a trade, then it's been a long time because I don't recognize the feeling. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. 
That is Joe checking in at 780-496-0063. All right. We will take a quick timeout. You can chime in yourself also by texting 630-630-780-496-0063. Lucic has been traded for Neil. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Greg Ellingson of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Shed. And now he's got to fight in the corner. Lucic took exception and lands a big right hand on Derek England, who can throw him as well. This could be a real good fight. Lucic muscles him up against the glass, trying to get that right hand free. He's already caught him with a chopping right. England tries to answer, eats another right hand. Now England throws short with a hook. Lucic has him tied up. Another right hand ineffected, and they'll wrestle one another to a stalemate. Milan Lucic took exception to a hit on Connor McDavid, and he's going to hear it from the crowd of 18,347. Jack Michaels with the call from Milan Lucic's first game as an Edmonton Oiler, October 12th, 2016. First game at Rogers Place, actually. Regular season game. Lucic taking on Derek England of the Calgary Flames. The Oilers won that game 7-4. They would go on to make the playoffs that season. And, of course, that's the only time they've made it in the last 13 years. You can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. I'll try to get to a few here, and we're working on uh, a guest as well, very close to this situation. Bill says, Reed, do you think the Oilers may consider Maroon now? I think more likely. Yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that, Bill. More more likely, but I I wouldn't necessarily put put that in ink. Mark says, fresh start for both of these players uh, would be good. I like both players. I have nothing against either guy. I hope they do well for their respective teams. Also, didn't Lucic have a no-trade clause? He did, Mark. He would have he traded it to be traded to Calgary. So, obviously, there were some discussions about this and the whole change of scenery and where he was going to fit in with Edmonton. And he uh, he decided, yeah, go ahead. I will I will accept the trade. Shane says, top six winger for a fourth liner. I like it. James Neal has an impressive resume. That's a text coming in from from Shane. Uh, Jason says, with the addition of Neal, the Oilers' depth in the first three lines just went up by at least 20%, which we need. Now, if we get uh, another two contenders like Neal with trades for Pugliarvi, our depth in scoring will rise. Love the trade. That is a text coming in from, uh, from Jason. Well, look, I'm not going to call this a sure thing. I think that there are question marks hovering over both players. I think it is more likely that James Neal bounces back and and becomes a secondary scorer, and that was sorely lacking for the Oilers. I also think it's more likely James Neal perhaps becomes, you know, maybe more of a primary type scorer for the Oilers, and then this trade would be a huge hit. All right, we got Nathan on line one. Good evening, Nathan. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing quite well. I'm happy you called. All right. Hey, I just uh, called. I'm a Flames fan, and uh, so no booing there, but uh, I think you guys took us on this trade pretty good. So you, you, you'd sooner have Neil than Luce, eh? Oh, yeah. Like, 
you know, your old GM there, I liked him because uh, all of his moves seemed to just hammer you guys in the wrong way. And when you signed Lou Cheeks, I thought, that's a deal you'll be regretting within two years. I mean, just a big body breaking down. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, he had, he had a good, good run for a few years, but you could just see it coming. So, Neil, I mean, not that he had a great year, obviously, but there's a lot more upside. A lot more upside than what you got with the downside of the Chiefs. I think it's just going to continue. So, so yeah. why do you, obviously you're watching the, the Flames games, Nathan. Why do you think it, it didn't work out for Neil in, in Calgary? Did he just get, get, I mean, I know there's, I mean, people have told me there wasn't a great relationship with Peters, so maybe that was weighing on, on him a little bit. What did you see from watching him? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he didn't perform, but uh, why Why that is, I mean, sometimes the guy might just have it down here, maybe bad chemistry in the locker room, or, I mean, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know. Right. It wasn't a great year, obviously. I mean, there's some good players on the flame. So, I mean, you know, you're, you had a caller there saying, well, he's going to, you know, he's got a bunch of playmakers to, to deal with. I mean, he had some good playmakers to, to, to play with on the flames, too. So, I'm not going to say he's going to be gangbusters in Edmonton, but he's got a lot more upside than, than Lucic. And it's not that Lucic is a bad guy. He brings good things to the table. It's just, you can see that he's breaking down. He's on a downward swing that's going to be pretty quick, I think, and more severe, whereas Neil, I, you know, there's a potential that he, he rebounds and you get a couple more good years out of him. Nathan, it's nice to hear from you. Thank you for calling. Yeah, well, don't make any more of those good trades. I want you guys doing bad. <laughs> okay. Nathan, thanks, okay. buddy. We'll see you. Bye. All right. That's uh, Nathan, Flames fan, uh, calling in, who uh, said he would sooner have James Neal on the roster than, than Milan Lucic. Chris in Victoria says, Good evening, Reed. I love the trade. Only negative is the half million more in cap space, but worth the gamble. What are the conditions of the third? Uh, not that it matters. It's just a third-round pick. Man. Yeah, and there is... Um there is a little bit of uh, salary retention here by the Oilers, so the cap hit's going to work out to be the same. And, Chris, I'm trying to confirm the conditions of the third. I've seen some speculation that it might revolve around how many goals James Neal scores. Maybe if he hits uh, uh, if it hits 20, that, that maybe that would that would change it. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But the conditional third rounder. Uh, going to one to Calgary in this as well. Uh, this texture says Milan Lucic had a bad two to three years. Neil had just one bad year. I think the Oilers won the trade. Nell's texting in. He says, Reed, how did Lucic keep the hacks, wax, and elbows like from Drew Doughty right in the mouth and the cross checks from behind, like the one right in front of the ref, against Connor from happening? It didn't. No one fights him. He's all alone in a class that doesn't exist anymore. He's the last breed in the NHL. Guys like Nurse, Cassian, etc. will keep Connor safe. Also, uh, the things we have to worry about are the injuries that Connor already had. Muggings like what Manning did and Giordano, which again, I don't think Luch would have done anything about. Uh, thanks for coming here, Milan, but I'm fine with that trade. That is a text coming in from Nels tonight. Uh, DW says, Reed, I'm calling this the uh, hope for nope trade of 2019. We hope James Neal can score 15 to 20 goals this year. Will Lucic, will Lucic score 15 to 20 for the Flames this year? Nope. That is from uh, that is from DW. And uh, uh, Jesse, another Flames fan, texting in, he says, we got shafted Talbot and now Lucic sheesh. That is from Flames fan Jesse.
Texting 630-630. A lot of reaction tonight. Also have some from Jerry on the open line. Hey, Jerry, go ahead. Hi, Reed. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh, I, I'm, like, so happy about this. Like, uh, Neil also had the last two seasons, he went right to the Stanley Cup final and he had short off seasons. And it was barely highly rumored that he went into – he went into training camp last year below 100%, and I heard Strudwick say, like, it's, like, almost impossible to catch up. And uh, I know that there's 0% that Milan Lucic, and I love Lucic, so don't get me wrong. I was a big supporter of him. I liked what he brought, like the intangibles, even though he didn't score. But, but uh, Neil... There's a good chance. I think there's. A, I think he's going to do it. He's going to be in the top six, and there's zero chance that Lucic can be right. And uh, Neil's not a little guy. He can fight in the corners, and I don't. I love to trade, anyways. This is the bottom line for me. Yeah, Neil's. Uh, they got him at six three, around two ten, and uh, yeah, I mean he's he's pretty competitive. Here, here's. Here's what I like about Neil, and I'll be optimistic because we're sitting here being it's on July 19th, so we we got two months uh-huh. until well, we have almost three months until the games count. Um, he can score from mid range, he can get the puck away quickly, and he will take shots. I mean, I mentioned he averages about three shots on goal per game in his career. Wouldn't it be nice to have a top six forward just fire away every once in a while and not? That's the other thing, Reed. I, I believe now we don't just have three legit top six forwards. I believe we have four with the with the guys we have. Because I think if you put Neil with any one of the three centers, I think it's going to be Nuge. I hope. I don't know. I like Cass up on the number one line, but I believe we actually have a legit top six dude now. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they round out the lines. I wonder if Cassian gets the first look up there because how of how he finished the second half of last year. And he's like the he's like Semenko. He's like the bodyguard too. I like him there too. I like Nuge and Neil and Chase on as their second line. That's my whatever yeah, armchair Chase. GM opinion. And, and I also hope Jerry. I, I I said this with Bob earlier today. I wonder if this means they can split up the big three onto separate power play units. Because let's face it, the Oilers' second power play unit was like it wasn't anything. I mean, I know they'd get the odd goal, but yeah. You know, Lucic got demoted to that, and then he got taken off it. And, you know, you had Jujar on the power play and Ty Ratty trying to do stuff. Maybe you can have... Neil on the right right-hand side is the one-timer shot, right? And and maybe Nuge can now play a setup guy, and, and then you have two units that are a little more dangerous as opposed to trying to keep one unit out there for a minute 30 trying to get a goal. That To me, that's the best-case scenario. I love it. I love the Archibald signing. I love that because Dave Tippett. I love Neil's been with Tippett. I know it was a long time ago. Mike Smith's been with Tippett. I love it. I love it. I love Ken Holland. I did not like Shirelli. I, I love McTavish, and I hated when Shirelli came in because, like, we were set at that draft, and Shirelli blew it. And I love Dave Tippett, though, again. It's nice to love the GM again because I never liked Shirelli. Never. Okay. I, I love the love, Jerry. Have a great weekend. If you read, thank you. That is Jerry. He's uh, all in on this deal. 780-496-0063. Trent says on the text line, the fact that Ken Holland was able to orchestrate a trade for Lucic and receive a top six NHL player in return is a slam dunk win for the Oilers. The buyout option would have further handcuffed this team, so great job, Holland. 
The Oilers need as many actual players as they can get right now, and this moves the needle in the right direction. So you're saying there's a chance to make the playoffs. That is from Trent. Another texter says both these players are washed up and won't benefit either team. And Mike from Vancouver Island says, the hockey gods have finally answered my wish. Goodbye, Milan. No problem with you being here, but next season has uh, a new chance on new lines and maybe some speed for the Oilers. Thanks. Have a good night. That is Mike on Vancouver Island. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Bob Brown will check in more from you as we roll along Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Of the Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30. Chad. All right, and the Eskimos in Montreal. They will play the Alouettes tomorrow. We'll have it for you on 6:30. Chad, with the countdown to kickoff at 12:30. The game will start at two. We'll have a little bit more on that game in the next hour of Inside Sports. Dave Campbell, our Eskimos analyst, will check in from Montreal. The big story today: Milan Lucic has been traded to the Calgary Flames for James Neal. And for a little bit more insight, I'm pleased to welcome back to the 630 Chad Airwaves, Milan Lucic's agent, Jerry Johansson. Jerry, thanks for uh, making time for me. I know you're busy with a few different balls in the air today, so thanks a lot uh, for, for checking in. Um, how's, uh, how's Milan feeling? Uh, how's your client feeling about this deal today? Well, I think he's pretty excited he's uh you know i think this sort of came up relatively at the last minute just in the last couple of days and uh so it's been a bit of a whirlwind but uh but i I think he's really looking forward to it he's got uh some good contacts in in calgary and i think he's excited he did have a no move clause in his contract well i guess that goes with him to calgary but he had to tell the oilers that that you know he was he was willing to move can you give us a little bit of perspective of you know how that how that comes up, how it's approached, and, and why he ultimately decided to to waive it. Sure. Well, I think um, the first thing is I think Calgary and Edmonton had a, a rough idea of a, of a potential trade. So you know I think they had the, the concept agreed to, and then the next thing is to come to Milan uh, through us, obviously to to see if he'd consider it. And uh, in this case, you know Milan spent some time talking to Calgary. They walked him through. Uh, the situation there, the opportunity there, and, uh, you know, after about, I don't know, maybe a day and a half, Milan was, you know, really, really interested. So that allowed, uh, you know, Ken and Brad to proceed wrapping up the deal, which got done today, and uh, the rest is history. Was it, um, I mean, I realize you said Milan got to talk to Calgary and got excited, but is that is that difficult for an athlete with a no-move clause just to be approached, you know, in, in general about possibly waiving it? Because three years ago, we were talking about a, a pretty long-term commitment between the two sides. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, fi- it's a funny thing, right? It's like there's been a lot of, you know, uh, you know uh, speculation about Milan sort of all summer. But the truth is, you know, we really didn't engage in any of it. He was always prepared to come back to Edmonton because that's, that's what his job is. And, and really, it wasn't until the last minute where something really, you know, got some traction with the Calgary trade. So... 
you know, I think players are good at, you know, compartmentalizing. I think there's always rumors out there. Uh, we see it all the time. It's kind of fun to, to hear it sometimes because sometimes it's so off track. But, you know, I think players, you know, are good at compartmentalizing, and he's, uh, he's a pro. And uh, he was completely ready to come back to Edmonton and, and have a better year and help the team. Um, and then when this opportunity came up, uh, you know, our job is to drill down on it and see if it's the right fit. And in this case, I think it, it was. Obviously, he was very interesting to follow, Jerry. He had 23 goals with the Oilers in his first year. He had nine goals in 36 games his second year, so he's on pace for right around 20 again. You know, And then the production obviously dropped off, and you know, he was pretty honest about it, that some of it was confidence and between the years. Um, you know, how, how was your experience with him through, uh, through some of these struggles? It's, it's not a great feeling for, for an athlete to, uh, I'm sure, feel like he's not performing to the level that he was used to. Yeah, it's hard on guys. I mean, our guy, you know, Milan cares. He for sure cares. He came to Edmonton. He was excited. He had a great, you know, his first year, everything went great. And, you know, like a lot of things, I think the other thing that we all realize in this business is that, you know, um, everybody struggles. And every team struggles, and you don't have to look further than the St. Louis Blues. I mean, that's a perfect analogy. You know, they're in last place at Christmas, and then they win the Stanley Cup. And uh, you can apply that to a player, too. So I don't think I've ever had a player that hasn't gone through really difficult times. But, again, with pros, you know, their job separates them from, you know, your normal hockey player, your normal athlete, is that they basically, they're ready to play. So Milan's going to come back, and, you know, I, I fully expect him to have a great year. And uh, no different than James Neal, who I don't know, but I fully expect James Neal to come to Edmonton and have a great year, and that'll make it a great trade for everybody. All right, Jerry, uh, I guess I'll throw this at you. I don't know how heavily involved you would have been in this. I, I've seen some reports. Do you know what the conditions are of the third-round pick, or are you at liberty to tell us? I'm not sure. I, I, didn't, get, I didn't get into that with Ken or Brad, so uh, we were just sort of focusing on our end. But, uh, and I wasn't even sure what the final deal looked like. We just, you know, I knew it was James Neal, I guess. Um, and Milan, I, but I, you know, I had heard different things about other players, but I'm not sure on the condition. Was there anything? I'll, I'll kind of throw this one out. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll know where I'm going. Was there anything uh, unique or, or unexpected, or where you kind of had to take a step back at any moment, realizing that you were involved? And I believe it's the third trade in history between <laughs> between two bitter rivals. Well, it's kind of interesting. I, I will say that it's odd. You know, when you start thinking about trading a player from Edmonton to Calgary or vice versa, I mean, it's certainly, uh, especially living in Edmonton, you know, you, you can't help but, uh, you know, as much as I get paid to be neutral, you can't help but be an Oilers fan. And uh, so, yeah, it is a little weird. And I'm sure it's going to be weird when, you know, Milan's in Edmonton, which I don't think still the new year, I believe. Just 27th but, yeah, of December, yep. There you go. So that should be a fun game to be at. It's going to be a little surreal for the first little while, but... You know, the guys are out there, they're playing hard, and, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting for a while, and then it'll become normal. All right. Well, Jerry, thanks for uh, for your insight. You're always uh, very generous with your time, whether we're talking about Lucic or, or other stories in the National Hockey League. So thanks for checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Have a great thanks. weekend. Thanks, Reed. That is Jerry Johansson, who represents Milan Lucic. So you heard him say at the start of this interview, it, it kind of ramped up over the, the last couple of days. Lucic talks to the Flames gets excited about the opportunity there and and decides that he's uh, he's going to waive his no-move clause to go from Edmonton to Calgary and the Oilers get James Neal. And, and there have been, I saw Eric Duhatchik uh, on Twitter reporting that the third-round conditional pick, the condition is if Neal outscores Lucic by 10 goals or more, 
then the order then the Oilers would give up a third round pick to Calgary. So that's what that looks like there. We're going to bring in our inside the game analyst Rob Brown. Uh, you hear he and I on all your Oilers broadcasts throughout the season. Rob, good uh, to have you checking in tonight, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Reed. How are you doing? Well, I'm fascinated. <laughs> I mean, look, for the last year and a half, we had a lot of angry callers say the Oilers got to trade Lucic, and we would say we got to stop you right there because we have a no-move clause, and we don't think he's going to waive it, certainly not in season. Um, Jerry kind of laid that out, how it, it played out over the last couple of years, over the last couple of days, I guess. He said it ramped up pr- pretty quickly. I, I'll just start generally. Your your reaction, your general thoughts on this deal? Well, I, I think being an Oilers fan, uh, there was two names that were thrown out there over the last little while with Milano. One was James Neal and the other was Louis Erickson. This is by far the better of the two players. Uh, I was desperately hoping that it wasn't going to be a Louis Erickson trade. I think that would be a trade that the Oilers would lose tremendously on. Uh, I probably was a little surprised uh, that the the deal was made because a lot of things had to go right in the the trade. Obviously, you had to have a team that was willing to take on a big contract, a team that had a contract that was trying to get rid of, but more importantly, you had to have a team that Milan Lucic was willing to go to. And I think, obviously, there was a huge sell by the Calgary Flames to Milan saying, all right, here's what we can do for you. And Milan Lucic is looking, well, I can be a third or fourth liner at best in Edmonton, and that's what he'd been pigeonholed in. Or I can go to the Calgary Flames, and uh, maybe they say I'm going to be a, a net front presence on the power play. Maybe I'm going to play with Goudreau. Maybe I'm playing with so-and-so. So I think he was sold on the fact that uh, he was going to get an opportunity there. And at the end of the day, he doesn't have to worry about money anymore. But he does have to worry about pride and, and playing. Um, hockey players play, and he wants to be more than a uh, a fourth line player and in Calgary they're they're going to give him that opportunity now he's going to have to go out and prove that the trade was worth it as an Oilers fan uh, if James Neal comes and plays like James Neal has played in the past if he becomes a 25 to plus goal scorer then the Oilers win this trade if James Neal and Milan Lucic are even remotely close in goals and points next year then the Calgary Flames certainly win this trade because Milan Lucic offers you other things that James Neal doesn't. All right, and that and that's been a big discussion point and and that's another thing, Rob, when we would talk Lucic after games, we, we'd hear from a lot of frustrated fans because he never scored, virtually never scored, but there'd always be that contingent of Oilers fans who said you, you can't value toughness, uh, you know, he doesn't let uh, other players push around the Oilers' stars, though I know the texters tonight have brought up the Dowdy elbow and uh, was it the Lindholm cross-check in Anaheim, I think, right in front mm-hmm. of the ref. Um, so stuff still happened. We know that there's less fighting in the NHL. I, I still believe physicality and aggression are, are a huge part of the game. So, you know, I, I guess we'll find out as, as the season goes on if if this does have an impact or if simply there are some other Oilers who are going to say, you know what, we'll be the protectors and it's not maybe as, as prominent as it used to be in the league. Well, I, I don't think you need the protectors that you did before. All you have to do is go back, go on to, you know, old TSN or old uh, ESPN highlights where they show the, the games from years ago and watch the, the physicality and the brutalness in, in the games. And you needed to protect players. And players had to look after each other. You had one ref out there. Often that ref had eyesight issues. So you had to, to protect yourself. 
and you needed a protector or two or three on your team. Uh, the, the NHL does a fairly good job nowadays protecting players. So I don't think that's an issue. Um, but when you get into physical games, Milan Lucic did bring a physical element. He has changed the complexion of hockey games with, with, with his physical ability. Uh, the, if Milan Lucic made $2.5 million a year and played on the Oilers' third or fourth line, he would be a humongous fan favorite in Edmonton. It's the fact that he was making $6 million a year, signed long-term, and was expected to be a first or second liner. That's why there, there was the, uh, the disappointment in his game. Um, James Neal, I've always liked James Neal as a hockey player. He does play with some edge. He does play with a little bit of nastiness. He's a, he, up until last year, had been a very consistent scorer and scored big goals. Uh, the Oilers were desperate for a player to play on their second line. Milan Lucic could not do that. He could not play as Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and it, it was proven over two years. So James Neal has that opportunity. If he's come in here and the Oilers can solidify a second line and, and James Neal be, can become a, you know, a possible first, but probably second line power play guy, and he can come through with 24 to 27 goals and give the Oilers a legitimate second line that can, other teams can fear, then the Oilers win this trade uh, in a huge way. But if he comes in here and scores and struggles again and scores you know, 10 goals, 12 goals, or something along that line, and he finds himself moving down the lineup, well, then he doesn't have the other attributes that can make a difference in a hockey game. So anytime you make a trade, uh, you are uh, rolling the dice a little bit. You're hoping. You, you, you do your homework and think, okay, I feel that this guy can come in and give us what we need. And if he does that, then this was a, a huge, huge day for the Oilers because the Oilers uh, have not had a second line, and they've had, uh, I don't want to say wasted, either Leon or Ryan Nugent Hopkins when they played in that second line role, but they certainly handcuffed them. And I'm sure that one player that's pretty excited today would be Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He has a guy that has proven he can score uh, year after year after year, and he's going to get an opportunity to play with Ryan this year. Okay, just an update, and I just got some information here from the Oilers. Uh, two conditions have to be met for the Oilers to send that third-round pick in 2020 to Calgary. Condition number one, James Neal has to score at least 21 goals. Condition number two, Lucic has to score at least 10 fewer goals than Neal. So it's not just a 10-goal difference. Neal has to get to 21. So if it's 19-5 for Neal, they don't have to send the pick. If it's... Uh, 21-5, then they have to send the pick. But if Luch is within 10, so if Neil gets 25 and Luch gets 17, then they don't have to send the pick. So it's Well, i got to be honest, Reed. I'm hoping we're sending the pick. Well, fair enough. I mean, yeah, if, if, Neil's, <laughs> yeah. In the, if Neil's in the 20s and Luch is in single digits, then it you'll was, live it with, was, you'll well, with it sacrifice. Was well worth, it was well worth the third round pick. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, the order if the Oilers went into the lineup, if they didn't make this trade today, and the Oilers went into the season next year with more or less the same lineup they had last year, albeit with a, a different backup goaltender and a couple bottom six forwards, but if they would have went in without making this deal, and and I, I don't trust every uh, ranking out there, but you would have had to have said that they were a team that was going to be looking on the outside at playoff time, because a, a lot of teams in the West have certainly improved in this offseason. There's been, been some big signings, been big movements. Uh, the Oilers are fighting against teams that have already had a better lineup than they did last year. The Oilers needed to do something to change the complexion uh, of their lineup, 
especially in their top six, and they've done that. So if James Neal is the James Neal that he was with Pittsburgh, if he was with Nashville, then the others won this trade. But obviously you're not going to know until season's end if this was the right move. But I give credit to, to Holland because you and I sat a lot of nights, and we went through a lot of different scenarios that we could see how they could get rid of Milan Lucic, and there were very few that we thought were possible. Yeah, and uh, you heard the interview with uh, with Jerry and Edmonton Calgary trade. I guess the Schmid, Brassois, um, Horak. Who was the other goalie in that? Might have been Mark Olivier Waugh. Went. To, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Went went to Calgary. I think I think that was the last one. Uh, Aaron Johnson for Steos, and I think that's all we've ever had in the history between uh, between the two teams. R- Rob the. I mean, look, we th- this is going to be Holland's. Well, maybe I shouldn't speak too soon. I would think this is going to be Holland's biggest move of the summer. We there wasn't a lot of room to do much in free agency. Josh Archibald can skate. Coming up from Arizona, he's kind of intriguing. Uh, Granlund, uh, we'll we'll see. He got him from Vancouver. Uh, the, the Swiss player Gaetan Haas. I'm not sure, Rob. I, I really don't know. Joachim Nygaard is interesting to me from Sweden. He can definitely skate. But now that the see it's that's what's interesting, Rob. That the league gets faster, but then if everybody gets faster, you still have to have another dimension to go on top of your speed to really make an impact. Well, well you do, and you can't have speed that can't think the game either. Uh, it, it's fine if a guy goes a thousand miles an hour, but if he doesn't know where he's going, it doesn't really help you. Um, the Oilers needed a lot of improvement. This was a, this isn't an Oiler team that missed the playoffs by you know two or three points over the last couple of years. This was a team that was a long ways out. And the teams, a lot of the teams that were ahead of them that made the playoffs, they improved in the off season. So now you're you're trying to catch up to a team that was already better than you that's improved as well. So um, I, I know that I've read a bunch of articles in the last few days how there's disappointment in Hall and how he had to do this, how he had to do that. You can only do with what you're dealt. You can only deal with what you're dealt with. And I mean, the Oilers actually have less money now, salary cap wise, than they did before this trade. So they got rid of the big contract, but they're they're still in a in a cap hole. Uh, I, I think that it, it's unfortunate, but Kenny Holland ha- needs time to make this team better. And fans don't want to hear that, and especially with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. Each year they get a year older, but this was a mess. This wasn't this wasn't a team that just barely missed out on the playoffs. This team was a mess, and they were a mess on the ice, and they were a mess salary cap wise. So it's not like uh, no GM, I don't care which GM you go out there, didn't have a magic wand that was going to come up and say, all right, smash. I just waved my wand, all of a sudden we are a great hockey club. Uh, He's doing it uh, patiently. He's trying to fix in different areas as much as he can, but it's not going to be all better with one trade or one signing. He's going to slowly make it better, and hopefully there are jumps this year. But this is, again, remember, this is a team that's best players. Best players on their team last year all had career years. And this is the team that missed the playoffs by, what, 15, 20 points? So there was a lot of improvement here. Yeah, I think 11 out at the end of the year. But you and I talked that once they were down 7 in March, they, it, was, it was hard for them to claw back in. And um, here's Rob, I'm going to throw this one at you before, before I let you go because I know you've you got to get up early and shoot another 68 tomorrow morning. <laughs> but uh, but I, I wonder, and, and to me... And obviously, like I said, it's July 19th, so we can have fun with best-case scenarios. I wonder if this means you can actually have a second power play unit if Neil is on it with one of the other big three. 
because let's face it, the second unit was often pieced together last year, rarely scored, and actually was rarely even on the ice. I wonder if this might give the Oilers some kind of a, a presence on a, on a second power play unit. Uh, it, it can. I mean, you look at their second unit last year, a lot of times it was, it was three or four guys that were called up from the minors that were thrown out on the ice. And more or less they were just filling time because the, the stars got tired. You do need... A, a second unit. Now, obviously, it's never going to be as good as your first unit, but you do need one because when the first unit struggles, you've got to be able to put someone else there I- instead. Uh, when your first unit uh, just played out a minute and a half shift and they drew the penalty, they can't have to stay on the ice. Um, I would think that if you're going to build a second one, you'll build it through Ryan Nugent Hopkins. There's just too much success with Leon and Connor playing together. And if Nugent Hopkins is playing with Neil, which we expect, well, then it makes sense that they would play together on the second power play unit, and you find a net front presence to put in front, and whether that's a Cassian or, or whoever you might think that could be that player. So, yes, the Oilers need a second unit. They, they certainly do, and I think by adding Neil, who is a power play guy and has had success on the power play before, you've given yourself a chance to build one. Rob, interesting day. Thanks so much for checking in, buddy. Have a great weekend. Uh, you too. Take care. That is our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, as we talk about the Lucic for Neil deal. Back after this break. His blocker tonight, they wrap him, they wrap his arm around his leg and he can't get up and it's still a goal. So I, I have no idea anymore what goalie interference is. Someone please, someone knows, call me and tell me because it's 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 a shame that where we are where we are right now with uh, with a call like that you have no doubt in your mind no you? doubt in my mind Milan Lucic after the Oilers heartbreaking game 5 loss to Anaheim in May of 2017 one of his most memorable clips as a member of the Edmonton Oilers he's traded for James Neal we will get more of your reaction as we move along through the show tonight Lots of text to 630-630 I would like to read. You can also call 780-496-0063. We have the Eskimos game on this station tomorrow afternoon. We'll set that up with Dave Campbell. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When we get back, hope your Friday night is going great. Mine sure is. Thanks for listening. Back after the news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.